Welcome to the Niche Podcast, your weekly rundown of the biotech, pharma, clinical research, and life science industries. I'm your host, Dr. Noah Goodson. This week, we dive deep into Alzheimer's. Regeneron execs might be overpaid. A merger in clinical research. And the FDA issues a class one recall. One of the most watched drugs of the year, aducanumab, has been approved for the treatment of Alzheimer's by the FDA. Sold under the name Aduhelm, the monoclonal antibody is designed to target the amyloid beta plaques that build up in the brain and are the hallmark of the disease. No new therapeutics for the condition have been approved since 2003, and this may represent a massive industry shakeup. However, this is anything but a clean approval. Aduhelm clearly targets A beta plaques. That evidence is rock solid. The question has been all along does it really matter? The data were so challenging and the therapeutic clarity hard enough to understand that it got punted twice by the FDA, first last summer, then again around Christmas. The debate basically centers on the fact that while it's clear the therapeutic target seems to change, it's not clear that it really makes a big difference for patients. This back and forth drama resulted in a pretty unique approval letter. It basically said, We're going to let you sell this, but if more data doesn't show it works, we can make you stop at any time. Despite the uncertainty around the approval, and with the high cost of $56,000 per year, the therapy will absolutely sell. Because what else would you even take? However, this approval gives the FDA pretty strong leverage to pull back approvals in the future should data merit it. The drama did not stop after the approval several members of the advisory committee have resigned in protest. The advisory committee is not the FDA. It's a group of experts who give outside opinion. They believe the drug should not have been approved based on the extant data. However, about 20% of the time, the FDA goes against the advisory committee. In this case, the FDA felt the evidence for clinical benefit was sufficient. The advisory committee disagreed. But the reality is that the hubbub doesn't end there. Currently, massive gaps exist in the access to dignified aging in this country by both race and socioeconomic status. The addition of a wildly expensive medication that those diagnosed with AD may take for the rest of their life will likely only widen the dramatic disparities in access to appropriate care. This is not exactly Biogen's fault, but I don't really hear them crying about $56,000 per person per year. Neither are investors. After the announcement, shares jumped to nearly $450 per share, but prices settled down to around $400, up from $280s pre-approval. Neurologic diseases, and specifically degenerative ones like Alzheimer's, have proved pernicious and challenging targets in the last decade. The hope, as an industry, is that Adahelm's approval will spur more investment and innovation to bring more efficient therapies to market. This is certainly a massive unmet need. There are also major emerging camps that argue that while A-beta plaques are the hallmark of the disease, they may not represent the underlying etiology. Just a few weeks ago, we shared about one such approach. Anovis Bio's ANVS-401 showed very positive results on improved cognitive function through totally different mechanistic approaches. It may be that new therapies will supplant Adahelm or that a combined approach is required in future. Biogen's success has not hurt Anovis, who saw shares rise from $26 per share in mid-May to $91 per share at closing on Friday. 
While the world awaits more therapeutics, Adahelm may provide an excellent test subject for real-world evidence applied to an approved therapeutic to track impact. Does it really make a difference? As one of the millions who have lost loved ones to the disease, I certainly hope so. Developing a new product in the biopharma space is incredibly challenging. There are design barriers, capital to raise, and regulatory hurdles. The Scope Method provides consultative solutions to navigate industry-specific challenges. We've helped companies pivot into new therapeutic spaces, designed and run decentralized clinical trials, and empowered CEOs with the tools that turn their data into stories that raise capital. Find out more at thescopemethod.com. We mentioned back in episode 49 that Regeneron has been on a tear fiscally. And it's true, they were up 38% year over year for Q1, and they have products coming to market across a range of areas, including dominant COVID-19 therapeutics and continued robust global growth of their Sanofi partnership, Dupixent. What could possibly go wrong? Well, it turns out there are some mumblings in the investor ranks about executive pay. The CEO and CSO brought in a combined total compensation of $270 million in 2020. Yep, that's right. The CEO and CSO were paid more than a quarter of a billion dollars in one year. I get it. They probably work hard and are really smart guys. And executive compensation in the pharma industry is absolutely not cheap for any company. But these numbers are pretty hefty by any standards. Investors are grumbling. But will anything be done? These compensations may not be in line with industry standards, but Regeneron is also in the roaring 20s of growth and success, which makes it hard for investors to rock the boat. If discontent continues or fiscal gains look shaky, expect renegotiations as the board works to manage investor perceptions. Alira Health has acquired the clinical research organization Crows NT for an undisclosed amount. The deal sees the data-driven CRO, Crows NT, come under the massive and ranging suite of therapeutic development solutions provided by Alira Health. The privately owned Alira has made a number of acquisitions in recent years. This one is backed by a $35 million equity financing round back in mid-April. Alira's data-heavy focus and solutions pair well with Crows NT. I'd love to dig deep and tell you why this is a really unique and amazing merger. However, it reads like a pretty standard M&A in the CRO and CRO-adjacent spaces. Find a decent organization with reasonably aligned verticals and make a deal. The FDA has issued a Class 1 recall of Innova's rapid COVID-19 antibody test. This is the most severe recall possible by the FDA, and it contains significant language about the actions of Innova that brought about this issuance. The subject in question is a rapid antibody test that theoretically provides quick feedback. The letter asserts that Innova has mislabeled products, not followed GCP, and sold products when they were not approved. The language of the notice is strong for the FDA and includes phrases like, your claims about the device and quote unquote, appears unsupported by any clinical data. The FDA basically says, you're not producing this correctly, you're not following rules, you're selling this when you're not approved to, and you've straight made up data and lies that you put out there publicly. 
all of ANOVA's rapid COVID-19 antigen tests should be disposed of in the trash. I suspect there will be major global repercussions, across the pond especially, where the UK purchased 380 million of the test. For ANOVA, their web presence is blacked out. Their website is down. They have a class one FDA recall on products they've sold to governments. Lawsuits will follow, period. Thanks for joining me on the Niche Podcast, your weekly summary of the top news in the biotech, clinical trials, and life science industries. You can learn more at thenichepod.com or find us on your favorite podcast app. Like, comment, subscribe, and most of all, share with your friends. If you like what you hear, please rate and review. It really helps us. Once again, I'm Dr. Noah Goodson, and I'll see you next week. Thank you.